Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Everybody and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian. And I'm Stormy. <laughs> um, <And> so, <laughs> hi. We're back. <laughs> it's been two months. Um, <laughs> do you think we had, we probably caused like an initial like, trauma response because we just disappeared there was no i mean i guess if you follow us on social media you saw like our postings there but we just disappeared we disappeared off the you know the apple podcast feed the spotify feed we just up and left (laughs) for two months but we're still here (laughs) listen so we did have an episode where we had a fucking heartfelt conversation and then the world said you know what no and it, the audio quality was not there. It was just a hot fucking mess. And <laughs> me and Adrian was like, you know what? That's just a sign from the stars. And we just ghosted, just poofed into the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> we did. But I am, uh, you know, excited to get back into it. Uh, we did, of course, again, leave a message on social media. So, you know, just like a quick mental health break. We've been at this now for like, I mean, two years now, obviously, as of this month that you're listening. It's been two years of Slash Her, and it's been a blast. But it, it definitely was like a thing where we we're like, you know, let's take a break for a little bit. Let's kind of regather ourselves or gather ourselves, I guess, and just kind of, you know, reshift, refocus and come back, you know, gayer than ever. And here we are. <laughs> um, happy birthday to the podcast. What a way for us to come back is. <laughs> Woohoo! And I'm sure you guys will hear at the beginning. Uh, we do have our Patreon set up. So, you know, there's links in the social media uh, bios. And yeah, just check it out. And I'm just, I mean, I don't know, Stormy, how have you been the last two months? Uh, depressed. <laughs> the norm. So uh, relatable. <laughs> We're approaching it with positivity. That's really why we took this break is just for us to sit with our emotions and process the last two fucking years. 
the podcast in the beginning was like a way for us to escape. Um, but it was also almost a way for us to not have to face a lot of event, real life events that happened in each of our personal lives. Stuffed it away because we had something cool going on and <laughs> <laughs> this break really forced us to process. It was a good break. Yes. But yeah, like in the break, like, yes, definitely was using it as a way to, again, like Stormy said, like maybe sit with ourselves for a little bit. But in that time frame, I also realized how like the podcast probably really was like one of the shining, uh, you know, things in my life, one of the shiny objects in my life or like. I love it so much. And like, I missed doing the recording. I missed doing the editing. I missed talking shit about horror movies. And I'm excited to get back into it because we have a killer lineup for this year. Uh, we have some great guests that are lined up for this year. And what better way to come back and celebrate our two-year anniversary than dedicating a month to slasher films. Yes, we're sticking with the monthly theme idea. I think it's fun. I like it. We're going to stick with it for a while. Uh, and again, yeah, why not come back and talk about slasher movies? We're going to kind of go through the decades a little bit, discuss different type of slasher movies, and I can just, you know, shoot the shit pretty much, which I'm very excited about. Me too. We're coming out with a bang. <laughs> and what better way to start than like diving into the 70s? You know, the 70s was a time where, you know, horror was wild in the 70s. Things were very transformative then. Uh, there was a lot of political, you know, talk going on back in those days. So the 70s is wild. And what better way to dip our toes into the slasher genre than by starting with some 70s horror? I, watching this movie, I sat here and I was like, why did we ever change like style? The pants, the butts, the crotches <laughs> that I got to see in the 70s. Oof, girl. Bring it back. It's kind of coming back into style a little bit. I feel like 70s fashion for sure. Like disco is really big and like pop music these days. So I think the 70s are definitely something that we're kind of bringing back into style. But yeah, watching this movie, I was like, oh, wow. And obviously, if you couldn't tell, we're going to be <laughs> talking about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But we're also going to be discussing and giving our thoughts on the most recent entry into the franchise, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, excluding the the in the title and combining chain saw into one word because the original film has its chain and saw they're two separate words. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm ready to kind of compare both of them because the most recent film was like, she was drama inducing girl. People were uh, up in arms about that movie when it dropped and we've been real quiet since that movie's dropped, of course. So I'm ready to kind of get into all the tea because the girlies were mad. The horror girls were upset with this movie the besties were struggling before we get into like the movie talk though and like kind of start discussing the actual films i do want to kind of briefly discuss just slashers in general and just like our thought process behind slasher films uh because i want to know what you think would make a movie or what qualifies a movie to be a slasher movie i think everybody kind of has i mean i think most horror fans they can tell a slasher movie when they see it like you're watching it and you're like oh this is a slasher movie but in your head like what do you think makes a slasher movie in my head, it's always like there's at least one iconic chase scene. Um, okay. And everything for the last 10 years is rolled out. But <laughs> yeah, honestly. But the thing is, is like. I don't have that many like that fall within slashers in the past 10 years in my brain. Interesting. OK. Um, But like it's a so chase scene. Yeah. The chase scene. There's always like some type of looming 
creature, there's always some type of uh, like question to who the killer is. Like it's mm. not, yes. you know what I mean? Like a whodunit. I don't know. Yeah, whodunit. We have to have a whodunit element. And then there's always like some ridiculously large murder weapon. <laughs> Something phallic in shape, typically. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we have a chainsaw. We have, like, the giant kitchen knife. We have, you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think? Um. So, for me, first and foremost, it's uh, body count. I feel like we need at least three deaths or more. I feel like to make mm. it feel like a proper slasher film. For me personally, that's what I like. But there's a lot of horror movies that like they they don't they don't have that many deaths, and people still consider them slasher films. Uh, but I guess for like the type of vibe that I go for, or that I at least enjoy, I'm looking for a body count for sure. Um, I also think that we need to have a cast of maybe stereotypical characters, but. Uh, when I think of slasher films, like I think of those stereotypes at times and, you know, maybe unlikable characters and characters that aren't fully developed. And if we see like with the most recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, you know, those those kinds of things are still going strong. Um, but that's what I kind of think of as well. I mean, bonus points, obviously, if you can make them interesting and diverse and, you know, have a lot of depth to them, because then that takes it to another level, obviously. But, you know, I, I think of just the cast of, you know, 20-somethings getting chopped up. So I definitely imagine, like, you know, that kind of group. Um, and I don't know. Like you said, maybe like a whodunit style. I like when we don't know who the killer is. Not to take away from Freddy, Jason, Michael, or anything like that. But I enjoy when we don't know who the killer is. I love a good prom night. I love a good scream. I love a good edge of the axe. Like, I love not knowing who the killer is and then finding out at the end. That's always really fun to me. Um but that's kind of what I think of when I think of slasher films, for sure. Fair, fair. It's interesting to see that, like, we don't overlap a whole lot, except for, like, one one element. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, art is subjective. Like, anybody oh, can yeah. think. Because there's, there's so many people that really even make the argument that this film, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is not a slasher movie. A lot of people kind of look at it as, like, a proto-slasher or it being, like, something that helped further define the genre before Halloween came and like solidified what we all kind of, you know, think now as like being a slasher film. But I am like, girl, it's a slasher movie to me, at least to me personally. Like, I don't, I don't see the, I don't see the, I don't see the side of the discussion where it's not a slasher movie, but right. there's people that do think that like, they really don't like to put this film into the slasher film subgenre for some reason. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Cause it feels like, the basis that all following decades follow. Like it's, I feel like it's kind of credited with originating a lot of elements in horror and a lot of elements that we follow in later slashers. So how can it not be one? You know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, I feel the exact same way. And like, we kind of talked about it with black Christmas too, because a lot of people look at that film as being a slasher film, but then there's also people that put it in the category of being like a proto slasher which is like a very strange term to me because if these horror films are all helping, uh, you know, move along the slasher subgenre, then why not just consider them slashers? They each have elements to them that are very, 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 you know, uh, influenced or, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, what's the word like when you try to recreate or like you're paying homage to almost? I don't know. But like this is one of those films where like people just – they call back to this all the time. And if you even look at stuff like X, which is very new, it feels like a Texas Chainsaw movie. Like there's these mm -hmm. 
films that are still coming out that still pay, you know, homage to these types of films. And I understand, like, it's very easy to look at Halloween and see, you know, like a group of high schoolers, a man in a mask that we really don't know who he is with a big knife. Like, I understand how it's easy to look at that movie as being, you know, the starting point for a lot of the films that followed it. But, like, no, Miss Girl. Like, this movie, this original Texas Chainsaw movie is very, very, very obviously a slasher movie, to me at least. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's just how I feel. I I, I see a slasher movie in this film for sure. And every movie in the series is a slasher film to me. But, you know, I definitely understand, I guess, at this time again, the 70s uh, was a very, again, transformative time for horror. So maybe they're just kind of looping it into, you know, I don't know, the trial period. But, like, I, it's a slasher movie to me, baby. But, you know, we might as well just, like, hop into it and just start talking about the movie because, Miss Thing, I'm ready to talk shit. I'm ready to get into all the crazy tea that happens with this movie because she's wild. She's crazy. And she is the moment. So give us just a little bit. We'll be right back. And then we're going to go ahead and dive into our first film, which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, welcome back. And of course, today we are going to start our discussion with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was originally released on October 11th, 1974, with an estimated budget of around $300,000. Was not able to open or was not able to find an opening weekend gross, but we do have a worldwide gross of about $30.8 million. With a runtime of one hour and 23 minutes, the film was directed by the legendary Toby Hooper, who also directed the original sequel to this film, as well as Poltergeist, and has a very, very, um, you know, it's, she's a good cast. Uh, we have Marilyn Burns as Sally. We have Alan Denziger as Jerry. Paul A. Parshan as Franklin. William Vale as Kirk. Terry McMinn as Pam. Gunnar Hansen as Leatherface, Jim Sadow as the Old Man, and Edwin Neal as the Hitchhiker. So a group of five youths is heading into rural Texas to visit the gravesite of Sally and Franklin's grandfather. There have, of course, been reports of grave robbing in the area. So on this trip, they end up, of course, stumbling across an evil that is going to forever change their lives. So the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Stormy, is this the first time that you've ever seen this movie? All the way through, yes. Okay. So you've only seen like clips and whatnot up until this point? No, I've had multiple attempts in watching this movie. Um, I'm not sure what's happened. I don't think it was ever like, oh, I'm bored. I'm turning this off. I think it's always been like something else happens that like needs my attention and I end up leaving and never coming back. And that honestly happened again three more times while waiting to record. (laughs) I fell asleep three times. 
<laughs> do you not like vibe with like the the vibes maybe i guess you know because i know that these movies especially of course from the 70s um and shout out to anthony who's a good listener of the pod because they're gonna uh, they're doing a podcast now where they're going through like 70s films because it's not like his favorite decade of film uh so i don't know is it just like the vibes of the movie that kind of were like mm, i could come back to this later i don't love a lot of old horror um fair very fair it's not for everybody yeah I, so it might just be the vibes but also like i try and come into it in a good like mindset because i do enjoy bubba as a character i do enjoy the franchise so i don't know i think maybe i just have a problem with origin stories because <laughs> it's the same with like avengers and shit like i don't i don't give a fuck about your origin story I just want to see the action. <laughs> and so I skip a lot of beginnings, honestly. And that might just be a me problem. But also, I think with this too, not only with it being like an older style of film, but like, again, this is at the starting point or the starting point of slasher films. So the tropes that we've come to like kind of laugh at and kind of poke fun of in modern horror films, we're seeing them for the first time acted out here as being something that we're supposed to believe is happening. And I think that this movie definitely kind of falls within that aspect because the characters are stupid. Um, they make stupid decisions. Uh, they put themselves in situations that seem very silly. And as we've kind of come to love at this point, like we understand that that's, that's what pushes the narrative forward. That's how we're going to get through this movie is by these people acting silly. But watching this movie back for the first time in probably a couple years or so, I was like, yeah, these people are, they're, they're acting like fools. Like, and I get it's the 70s in rural Texas, but like, we're going to just walk inside somebody's house? Like, in what world? Is that just the vibes that we were on back in the day? Is that what we were doing in the 70s? We just felt so safe. To, and we felt safe enough to just walk into this house. I don't know if it's like the. I, I, just, I don't I don't understand what they were doing. So maybe it just felt like really silly, like coming back and watching something that's super old and just being like, what the fuck is happening? But like, even just thinking about, like, Texas in general, like, walking into somebody's house in Texas is a bad fucking idea. Like, everybody and their mom is carrying. Um, so if Girl. you don't die by chainsaw, you're going to get shot. So I don't, I don't understand their logic. <laughs> I, are they not native to Texas in general? Like, I know, like, they're not native to this part. I don't remember if they ever addressed, like, where they're from, though. I think they're probably from... Somewhere in Texas, but like the film definitely has the setup of this being a group of city kids or, you know, like the younger generation being forced to mingle and interact and be near people of an older generation or people who are more, you know, again, you know, rural versus city folk kind of thing is like the vibe that they're giving us here. Yeah. So like, again, I don't know if it's supposed to be just the aspect of, you know, they're from somewhere else in the state or somewhere else in the world or whatever. And like, they're coming out to rural Texas and the same rules don't apply here. And like you said, like we know, like not to just walk on somebody's property in Texas, but maybe it's just us growing up on the Texas border, pretty much in Texas where we're just like, we know not to do something stupid in, in Texas. We're not going to do anything that's going to get us, uh, you know, potentially shot at because it could very well be something that happens. So, I don't know. These kids are crazy. And I do want to kind of go through the characters because 
they are very bare bones. We don't get a lot out of them. We have our main girl, Sally, who is one of, you know, you could probably say is like being a, an original final girl who she doesn't give us a lot. She doesn't have a lot of depth to her. But I will say she gives us an, uh, an iconic chase scene that I still think about almost every single day. Um, so she's a very solid person in this cast, I would say. Um, Sally's wild. Like, the character that we get in 2022, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> is... They did not do Sally justice. <laughs> I just... Girl. Yeah. And she's wearing an iconic outfit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the white pants, the baby blue top, the tank. She's looking great. I love it. I love everything about her. Um, her partner, Jerry, is he's there. Uh, he has nothing going on at all. Uh, we have her brother, Franklin, who is, of course, in a wheelchair, which I'd love to see the inclusion of a person in a wheelchair. We do not see that often in film in general, but specifically, of course, in horror either. Um and he, he's a little annoying. Um, is his character, uh, I, I, I don't know. I wish he wasn't so annoying, but he really, really is in this movie for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I texted you. I was 30 minutes in and I had been ready for Franklin to die for 28 and it took so long for him to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's not this me rooting for the I think they described him as an invalid in the in the description original description of the movie, but just like somebody who is handy capable, like that's obviously not why I'm rooting for him to die. He's just a very annoying character. Um Yeah. And I feel bad that they and again it it shouldn't matter because again, maybe that's just who he is as a person. Uh, but it is sad that he they have him in a wheelchair and then they make him like the most annoying person in the group. Right. Like, why couldn't you make like, one of the other ones fucking annoying and make Franklin a sweetheart? Like, <laughs> right. Right. But again, I mean, that's who he is as a person, I suppose. So we're just going to go with it. I don't yeah. you know, I don't want to think that Toby Hooper or anybody was like trying to make it out to be like, you know, he's in a wheelchair. So we're going to make him annoying. Like, I hope that wasn't the plan when they decided to put him into the film. Um, right. I'm just going to roll with just him being an annoying person in general. And because he could just be like the annoying little brother. Like that's right. common. Which I think is what they're trying to go for here. So yeah. if that's what they're going for, then great. He succeeds. He's very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. And then we have Kirk and Pam who are just here. They're just hot. They're the hot, sexy people that die very early on. Um, you know, Kirk has a great bulge in these pants. Um, <laughs> And Pam is great just because she likes astrology. And I like how they kind of introduced that aspect, you know, very, very quickly. And they're talking about, you know, how it, you know, I think they said that Saturn's in retrograde right now. And that Sally uh, specifically as a Capricorn has to, like, be careful right now. I don't know. I love the astrology aspect that they brought in for, like, two seconds. Oh, yeah. It made me giggle. I, like, wrote down the whole quote. Uh, Oh, yes. I got you, girl. Don't mind me. Thank you. Saturn's a bad influence, but it's an especially bad influence because of the retrograde. And I was like, girl, yes. Tell me about it. Yes, Pam. And he's like, have you been reading Breeder's Digest? (laughs) (laughs) 
Bitch, I live. She has her whole ass astrology book with her. She just takes it on on the go. So you know what? I love that for you, Pam. I wish we could have got more from you in this movie. I mean, she didn't have uh, Twitter to scroll through on this drive. She's a little bookworm. <laughs> Uh, so funny now obviously also the movie takes very heavy influence off of uh, the real life story of ed gein and i think if you're into true crime and honestly if you're Mm -hmm. into horror i think you've heard the story of ed gein at this point uh it's very well known um pretty much yeah an awful serial killer from wisconsin that skins people is the basis of what you need to know. <laughs> yeah. A lot of grave robbing. Um, he did a lot of grave robbing in comparison to, I mean, he, obviously he still killed people, but a lot of the skin that was found in his home, uh, a lot of it came from grave robbing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of something that we get right off the bat with uh, the Leatherface family, the Leatherface clan in this movie. I don't think they really, they don't dub them as the Sawyers yet. Um but we kind of get that vibe here that they're also doing the exact same thing that Ed Gein was doing. Right. Which leads our group of friends, obviously, to being here in the first place because I guess they've heard reports and they were coming to see their grandfather's webs- or, uh, grave site. Well, Sally and Franklin are because they want to make sure, you know, that his grave hasn't been touched. And I, I think they actually filmed this movie in Texas also, which is nice because it feels very they Texas. Did. In Round Rock, Texas. Oh, where's that at? Do we know where that's like located or what it's near? Based off of us, no. I can check right now, though. I got you. So she's not, she doesn't seem like she's where we grew up, I guess, in our neck of the woods. Let's double check, though, because it feels like it's right around the corner. Yeah, it it feels like this is the drive I would take to go to high school every day. (laughs) To high school. My notes show Central Texas, but I don't know specifically where that is. It's seven hours from us, so it's like, uh, it's like by Austin. Austin, yeah. Oh, Austin. Okay, that makes so like northern Texas, right? Central. So it is so central Texas. My notes are corrected. I just know that in the original sequel, they say it it happened in northern Texas. I think. Yeah. So I don't. Maybe but it just was the film location Texas. is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, that it's, makes sense. So, like, that house, though, has now been moved and restored, and it's a restaurant in Kingsland, Texas. A bitch, catch me in Kingsland. Uh, uh, somebody's going to pull up the tweet where I was like, I will never be in the set of Texas. That's the way I'm going to survive a Texas Chainsaw movie. <laughs> I'm going to retweet um, it with a picture of us in Texas. <laughs> people were up in arms about that girl. And I was like, but like, I I grew up near Texas. I was there like all the time. Like, it's not like I'm never going to go to Texas. But, you know, people don't, they don't understand humor. They don't understand, oh, wow. you know, a comedian in their prime. But Girl, the <laughs> way <laughs> that shit blew the fuck up on Facebook out of Facebook of all places is just not where somebody of our caliber needs to be. (laughs) Right. Um, That part. But the Texans were in there fighting for their fucking lives in the comments, dude. It was, they were, I have a screenshot. I have somebody literally saying that. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was the original poster, but somebody put a comment on there. Stormy sent it to me because I'm not on Facebook. I'll never be on Facebook ever again. Instagram is linked to Facebook. That's as close as I'm getting. Uh, but Stormy's like, there is this one specific comment where somebody's like, the Texans are fighting for their lives in these comments. And I was like, screenshot that shit right now and send it to me because I want it <laughs> plastered on a fucking, I just want it on a t-shirt. It was the funniest thing in the world to me. Because I was nervous when I tweeted it out. I was like, 
hopefully people don't take this the wrong way and i don't want to have to see her and i'm not the type of person i'm not gonna waste my energy i'm not gonna sit here and fucking defend myself and be like well i grew up in texas or around texas i know everything about it i'm like i'm not gonna say all that because it doesn't matter but yeah they were fuming it was hilarious to me no girl i was in the comments being like if you like adrian fucking follow us on instagram check out our podcast <laughs> can we disappear for two months <laughs> so if you're listening from facebook what's up <laughs> oh yeah so sorry if you're from facebook though hello thank you so much for joining us um and you know just welcome to the show uh again don't forget for any new listeners or you know anybody who has listened to us and he's you know reminding again this is a delusional look so we're gonna be off track all the time we talk a lot of shit we're never really on uh you know a steer course or on a steered course we're always all over the place so welcome to slasher hello um but yes so this was shot in central texas and it definitely feels like central texas so i really do like how it feels it feels very authentic and i really did enjoy that about this movie coming back to it and visiting it again it was a good time once i finally made it through <laughs> so the first time that i watched this movie i remember being uncomfortable like it really did freak me out i could i can't say for you know for sure like when i watched it for the first time i remember i watched it i don't even know maybe around like 15 16 but I remember just hearing about this movie a bunch. I had, of course, seen the 2003 remake by this point because it was my first film in the series that I had watched. And it's still my favorite film in the series for sure. Uh, but I remember hearing about the original so much still as a kid. Um, but I also remember my family just saying, oh, it's creepy. It's it's gross. It's weird. You know, we're not going to show that to you, but I'm, but I'm okay to watch everything else. I didn't understand. So when I finally had the opportunity of watching it on my own, I, I was uncomfortable. And I do think it comes down to just the way it looks. It feels really old. It feels really grungy. There's no or hardly any blood at all in this thing. It's not graphic in nature at all, but it's very uncomfortable in what it's displaying. And so I remember the first time watching this movie just being like completely shocked by it. Girl, even me, I'm almost 30 years old. I pretty much stay in like the gore section of horror as far as like my interests go. But I was watching this and I was like, I don't feel good. Just like the intro, everything looks rotted. And just the thought of that smell and then like the more that I researched they were like yeah these are real animal parts from a real slaughterhouse and it's 110 in this house and like I was just thinking about it getting in my own head girl just uh, uh. <laughs> like this just the whole movie feels gross like you said it does it feels so gnarly and like you said that fr the first shot of like that body uh on the gravesite or on the tombstone just hanging there I've like I remember when that when the film opened for the first time, and that was the first thing that you see, and it was the first thing that I saw. I was like, what is this? Am I okay to be watching this? Is this something that I should be watching? Like, straight from the jump, I was like, this is, this is wild, and this is crazy, and this looks like a real body sitting here, and I, I was very uneasy from the first shot of the film, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I was watching it at work, which... <laughs> It's always a little bit debatable for me to watch things that we're discussing on the podcast at work. But <laughs> I just, I did not, for not seeing much, 
it makes you uncomfortable. Um, and we've talked about like the whole element of like the unknown is far more uncomfortable than like being shown blood and gore. Um, but this movie really highlights that in a big way. And they used it to try and help their censoring like in the movies. So they're like, Oh, we're going to aim for like a PG 13. But in doing that in the shots that they did and how uncomfortable they made it, I think they tried to rate it like an X or something like that in the seventies. That's crazy. And it was banned in like a few places as well. Oh yeah. It was um, banned up until like 20, it was banned in Finland for 25 years. Finland, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Finland was not about this life, girl. They were they were having to go to the dark web to try to watch this movie. Hostel came movie. out and they're like, perfect. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they said, okay, perfect. Yeah, let's roll with it now. It's crazy to think about now looking back on it because although yes, it still feels it. Honestly, shout out to like Toby and everybody else who like put some effort into this film because even now all these years later almost 50 years later it still feels i think the way that they wanted it to feel it still feels grungy it still feels icky it still feels gross but still looking back on it you know in terms of gore and blood like it's very tame obviously because we don't see anything so it's crazy to think that back in the day people were so up in arms about it and like banning it completely in some areas because of just how it felt and how it made people feel probably more than anything. People hate feeling uncomfortable. We're, you know, we're those types of people that get off on it sometimes. Yes. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> I want to feel something. Let's watch horror. Right. Hence getting fucked while somebody's wearing a mask. You're Ooh. like, this feels a little weird, but like, I'm, I'm honestly, to it. <laughs> honestly, watching so much horror growing up formed a lot of my kinks. So. Thank you, Billy Loomis. <laughs> Shout out, Billy Loomis. Thanks, Bloody Matthew Lillard. Um. <laughs> yes, the tongues were out. Uh, so, yes, thank you, fellas, for your service. We thank you so much. Uh, but, yeah, this movie, again, is just so creepy. And, like, the first encounter that we really get. And I think I was so, like, shocked watching this movie for the very first time to really see how like centered it is on family and i should have probably thought about that obviously having seen the uh, original remake the 2003 film and that obviously being you know very heavy on the family aspect but when i was coming back to the original i i just i just assumed it was going to be leatherface cutting people the fuck up <laughs> and no like there's still like a family aspect to it and i was, oh, gonna, yeah. I was like okay so we've always had this aspect to good old Leatherface. He's always been a mama's boy or he's always been, you know, a sad boy. Um, so he's always kind of been the same kind of vibe. So the first time that we count into this movie and like the first instance that we, of creepiness that we get is with this hitchhiker who like, I, I was so confused the first time I saw this movie. I was like, who is this man? Who is this random guy that they're picking up? And he ends up being like a kind of a, a creep. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, um, that was their first mistake was picking him up. <laughs> I've just um, maybe we've just like learned a lot more as time went on <laughs> or like maybe people weren't as crazy in the 70s or something but like the idea like they're just chugging along and they're like oh uh yeah we'll give him a ride like what like I'll pass somebody on the road and I'm like oh that sucks <laughs> just keep going like am I <laughs> maybe they were better people but no thank you yeah, anytime I pass somebody on the road, my thought always comes back to like this movie or other movies like it, where I'm like, they could be somebody who probably really needs a ride, but they can also literally be, you know, these millions of examples that I have of yeah. somebody who probably isn't. Exactly that. <laughs> so, 
But yeah, they stopped right away and he hopped right in. And I was like, what? I was going to bring up like the family aspect that you were talking about. So like Bubba is, and like, I don't know if other people call him Bubba, but I, I will be referring to him as Bubba. <laughs> um, but he's part of the Sawyer family. And like the word Sawyer um, is a person that uses the chainsaw. And I just feel like that's so like hee hee ha ha. And it's like super close to Sawney, which is um, the cannibal clan led by Sawney Bean in medieval Scotland. And so, yeah, I don't know, clan. the connections. Oh, an iconic clan. I'm taking that back. Not an iconic clan. Oh but I mean, like, that story is like, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. I have a fucking Sawney clan poster Now you're getting us right canceled now. as soon as we come back. I got it. Yes. <laughs> But no, I mean, like, that story is very iconic. Like, it's a creepy story. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to talk about. It's just, like, the the little things that, like, you can easily gloss over are the things that get me. Like, I really enjoy looking at those little moments. I love that. I love that, too. And like you said, like, with the Sonic clan. Again, like, uh, we're looking at Ed Gein. I mean, there's so much influence that came into this movie that made it like something that was very influential in the world of horror. And like, I love it. I love that aspect about this movie is it just being something that was influenced by other, you know, real life horrors and other, you know, horror myths and so on and so forth. And now becoming something that horror films now still call back to all the time. I love it. I like, I love that about this movie so much. Like you can't, knock this movie for what it was able to do for sure oh yeah girl i thought this was a true story until i was like 13 years old literally for <laughs> the longest time i remember specifically in fourth grade we were talking about the texas Chainsaw massacre fourth grade was i that might have been around the time the remake came out maybe but i remember like the kids in my class like we were talking about this movie and like the kids were like oh yeah that's real my i remember people specifically being like oh yeah i had family members that drove up to this house before and it's like wow this is crazy and like and they still haven't caught the guy he's still out there like my little fourth grade self was eating this shit up mm -hmm. so for the longest time i was like yeah this is real you were taking notes girl i fully know you were writing in that little notebook <laughs> the amount of time i thought leatherface was real longer than i thought santa claus was real. <laughs> okay yeah same like it was like i was like that like the based on a true story she got me gal like i believed it for god knows how long i don't even know when i finally realized it was they shouldn't be able to use that in film girl <laughs> the way that they overuse that nowadays i'm like is it though they use it so much so often and i'm just like please I, every time it happens now like instead of being like <gasps> i hop on google yeah girl literally instead of being like instead of getting the reaction that i think they want out of us where it's just, i'm like uh, uh, shocked i'm like bitch please it makes me like kind of already have like a sour note going into the movie these days. Mm -hmm. But I like, at least in this time, you know, this is the seventies. It was a long time ago, 50 years ago. People have, you know, overused it to death, but I like the thought process behind it with Toby back in these days. Cause he was trying to use it again. Movie in nature is very political in what he was trying to do. Right. So with him doing that and saying, this is based on true events, he was kind of using it as a way to kind of play into the government and, you know, the government being able to tell us that, you know, these lies are true and we're supposed to believe it. Right. So he was kind of using that as a way to do the exact same thing. And, you know, looking back on it, brilliant, amazing, phenomenal, you know, game changing. But 50 years later, we got to slow down with that because it's happening so often these days. But back in the day, girl, it, it worked because I literally thought Leatherface was on the run in Texas <laughs> for God knows how long. So, 
Girl. Yeah, she got me. She really did. Mm, same. Anytime there was like a horror attraction with a chainsaw, I was like, I just know. It's the real leather face. I'm gonna die. <laughs> but girl. So they pick up the hitchhiker too. And I, I don't want to like, uh, let's just, let's just do it. So between this hitchhiker scene and the hitchhiker scene in the remake, which one do you like more? I will forever stand with the 2002 remake. Yeah, the remake for sure. Um, I like it a lot. Is it 2002 or 2004? Three is the movie. Oh, wow. Look at me right in the middle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rewriting history. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I will forever stand with the remake as far as the Hitchhiker goes. But watching this one is much... So I enjoy the remake, but this one's much scarier. For sure. Yeah, I agree. I really do agree. The remake has the edge just because the Berlin camera work and that crazy shot through her head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's great. I love it. And the reaction that everybody has after that is just mm, chef's kiss. She, she's great. And I, I know it's coming, but still, right. every time it happens, I'm like, jaw to the fro, like, that fucking happened. <laughs> yeah. The gun in the pussy. I, wow. Top tier. Love it. But there is something about this original hitchhiker scene that probably makes it scarier. Like you said, like there's something about it that feels uneasy. Cause when, when you think of picking up a, when you think of picking up a hitchhiker, like this is my thought. This is, this scene is exactly what I think is, is going to happen. A, a guy who's like, I worked at the slaughterhouse and it shut down. Now, do you want to see pictures of my dead like cattle that I took? I killed this one myself, and I would be sitting there and I'd be like, "What?" I would like I don't even know what I would do. I would be fully prepared for him to show me a Polaroid of a skinned person, a body. Yes. Yeah, like I would like like I don't even know how to react. Even if I'm in a group of five people or there's four people with me like i would be looking at everybody and be like okay who's gonna be the first one to throw a punch who <laughs> is going to be the person who's going to like just take action because i wouldn't want to do it um but i would be ready if this person was showing me pictures of slaughtered cattle like right off the bat and like is like no i would be like okay who who's gonna be the first one who's gonna take initiative here because i wouldn't i wouldn't want him in the vehicle like at that point and they keep him in the vehicle for so long. They all just stare at him. Like, okay, one of us opens the door, the other one kicks him. Like, what are we doing? Why are we... Right, literally. Why are we waiting until Franklin gets fucking assaulted for us to do <laughs> something? <laughs> he had to literally get sliced <laughs> before they did anything. Yeah. He's like, hey, man. Well, and he tells him, hey, man, just put it away. No. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Like literally, I would be like, "Bitch, mine is bigger," and whip that shit out that uh, my own little knife, and just immediately start fucking. People make fun of me for having that knife in the crack of my car seat, but this is the exactly why. And the hitchhiker girl, he is a scam artist. Before we even knew what scam artists were, <laughs> girl taking a picture, and he's like, "Give me money right now for this fucking picture." <laughs> I was like, "Damn, okay, am I on the Las Vegas Strip for the first time? Like, I'm fucking." Like what is, what is happening? This is Batman on Las Vegas Strip <laughs> waiting for you to take a picture with him. It's somebody in an Elmo suit with like a full throw-up stain on them. <laughs> and they're Elmo like, suit. You want a picture for $5? And I'm like, no, I truly don't. He's like, balsamic vinegar? <laughs> Hello, Rocco. Oh, my God, girl. I remember the <laughs> one of the first times that I was here in Vegas. And, bitch, I live. I live for like the fucking... The, the, hustle? Like the bootleg mascots <laughs> yeah because i remember i was sitting one time by uh, i think it was by caesar's palace at the fountain that's at caesar's, mm -hmm. at caesar's palace and i was sitting there and then like a chucky 
came up to a me Chucky and just doll? sat down next to me. A Chucky doll. Somebody in a suit, obviously, but it was Chucky. Like horror and Chucky. And he just came and he sat down. Our Chucky, yes. The Chucky icon. Our Chucky. Not regret. <laughs> okay. Our Brad Dorf, our Chucky. Um, yeah, somebody came up in a, I mean, it was a bootleg copy of what we've come <laughs> to know as Chucky. Right. But he was clearly trying to be Chucky. But he came and he just sat down. Uh, he was thick. He was a thick Chucky. Ooh, he was representing. I love so thick I was like, Chuckies. Uh, sir. But he just came and sat there and just stared. <laughs> And I was like, mm, okay. And I got up and like I walked away and I took a picture of, of him. I would have to go through my phone to see if I can find it. But he was just like, he looked like a sad, thick Chucky at this time, <laughs> just sitting there. And I was like, this is too much. At that moment, I was like, I am moving to Vegas. This is my vibe. I live for this. <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is history. I need to find me a thick Chucky on the strip. Girl, he was getting his live, but yeah, the hitchhiker in the vehicle is giving me very much those vibes. Yeah. Taking pictures and like, he's like, give me money right now. Honestly, maybe in that moment I would have given him like a couple bucks and be like, okay, can you just like leave now, please? Can you get out of my van? Because you're freaking Yeah, out. it would have been more realistic for them to like have cash. Like now I'd be like, bitch, I don't have anything for you. Do you got Venmo? <laughs> I have a Dave and I have a Dave and Buster's power card. Like, please get the fuck out. I have a punch card for Dutch Bros. <laughs> if you want that, I just Do need one thing? more punch. <laughs> and you get a free copy, <laughs> any size. Do you have those around here? Uh, but he, uh, after not Where's getting paid, Dutch Bros. <laughs> bitch. But after not getting paid, he again, like you said, assaults Franklin, cuts his hand, and then they all freak out and like kick him out of the vehicle. And he leaves his blood mark on the van, and he's just like, I don't know, he is a crazy little guy to me. Uh, he's running creepy. beside the vehicle as they're driving away. I would the the fact I I would have hit my brakes so hard, <laughs> and then I, I would have just got out and beat his ass. Like what the fuck are we doing? Here? There's five At of this us. Point, right, it's real Texas. Yeah. At this point, you're smearing blood on my car. This is the 70s. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to know. Who's going to know? I'm going to get out and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Who's going to know? Nobody's on Snapchat recording us right now. Yeah, I don't I don't advocate for violence, but if you slice at my friend with a rusty ass knife that you probably cut raw meat with. If you're trying to coerce us into paying you for a shitty Polaroid, <laughs> I'm beating the shit out of you. I don't care. Like I I will throw hands at this moment. I will put I will hit the brakes. I will say, "Let's go, girls." Like Shania Twain, and I will get out of this car and we're beating ass. I'm not going to let this man do this to me. But they drive off like sensible, you know, children <laughs> and they leave him in the ba- they leave him behind. Girl, I saw a tweet the other day. This is a full derailment, I promise. <laughs> but like I saw a tweet the other day though. It's like um, it was like if you saw Jesus getting his ass beat, what are you gonna do? <laughs> somebody said, <laughs> just, <laughs> somebody said, just watch. Like he's watching the drama here on Earth. And then somebody else <laughs> replied. <laughs> somebody else replied, and they were like, "Isn't he supposed to have twelve friends?" <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a third person that was like, "I swear to God, if Jesus can't throw, <laughs> if Jesus can't throw hands, that might push me into Scientology." And the way that I laughed at that fucking tweet for 45 minutes. Girl, that is so funny. Is he supposed to have 12 friends? At least 12 friends, right? Right. Girl. Or he was like, if he can turn water into wine, he should surely be able to turn a rock into a Glock. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Your daily derailment from me. Oh my goodness, I live. 
uh, so after all this, they also stop at the gas station and uh, in classic horror fashion, we're stopping at the gas station with a creepy old man and he tells them that like they don't have gas at this moment. At that point, I would have been like, okay, then I don't know. I just maybe I'm aggressive. <laughs> maybe just talked about whooping his ass. Kind of. But uh, again, like I'm always putting myself in a horror in a horror film scenario. Mm-hmm. So if I was in this scenario and expecting you know, again, if somebody's attacking me with a, a, a rusty knife, I'm in a horror movie. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to hesitate with right. my aggressiveness. So if this man is like, we don't have gas, I would have been like, then you better fucking get a tube. You better go to your rundown truck over there and start sucking because <laughs> I am not going to be in the state of Texas for much longer. I have to get out of here. But they're just like, OK, we'll come back later when the gas is available. And I'm like, uh, no, somebody needs to talk some sense into these children because what are y'all doing out here in te- in rural Texas in this beat down van with blood all over it, getting sliced and diced? Like we got to take action here, my people. Yeah, and they're just like, no problem. We'll uh, we'll find the next. We'll be back, or we'll find the next gas station. And I'm like, where? You're in the middle of nowhere. Right, and you decide to stop and turn off the car, and I have like an irrational fear where like I'm low on gas. When I turn off the car, it's just not going to turn back on. So like they go and then they stop at Sally's and Franklin's. I guess they're all, like grandparents' home. I guess is like it's all run down, abandoned. Which I love those vibes. I did this all the time as a kid. I would go to abandoned buildings like this and walk around. So I really like that. But like your guys are just stopping and turning off the car. I'm like, no, we have to get out of Texas immediately. Girl, you can drive 18 hours and still be in the state of Texas. There's no way they're getting out. (laughs) You're right. You're like, they're stuck here forever. As we saw with the new film, Sally stayed there for the rest of her life. So (laughs) they're never leaving Texas. Uh, but yeah, they stop at this house, they look around, and then Pam and Kurt decide to go and find a watering hole or like a swimming area that Franklin had told them about. And when they don't find it because it's been dried out, they just they hear like a gas thingy. What is that called? Like a generator, I guess, going off mm-hmm. in the distance? Yeah, a generator. Yeah, so they follow it. And I'm like, they're like, yo, let's see if this person has gas, which makes sense. You know, hey, they have a generator. Let's see if they have gas. We can get gas and get the fuck out of here. I get it. But then they go to this house and she looks real cute. She looks like a cute little house at first. And then Kurt decides to just go inside. And I'm like, what? He didn't even knock. He didn't even knock. (laughs) He just walks in. He's like, hello? If somebody just walked in my house. (laughs) No. A fool. I would also fool Leatherface that bitch and just start fucking Yeah, I would pull I would pull a fucking kitchen knife out. Is that our upbringing? Is that our being living near the, <laughs> the, the, the living near Texas? We're like, if somebody's in my house, I'm fucking fighting. No, I think it's us being logical and <laughs> assuming anybody who walks in is a threat. Yeah, anybody who's uninvited is a threat for sure. But him and his tight ass, they walk inside. He walks inside this house. And he gets killed immediately. And, like, uh, that's the thing with this movie is, like, it is so simple in what it does. Like, this movie, it delivers what it needs to deliver and it ends. Like, to me, it was, like, a quick watch. Like, everything happens so fast. Like, he gets killed immediately. Who has a metal door like that in their house, though? The way he just rips it open. It looks like a piece of paper. It's shaking so much. Every time he closes it and opens it, it looks like it's going to rip. It looks so flimsy. I was like, this was the last thing on the budget list for sure. The Leatherface's door, we'll take care of it at the very end. Because it looks very, very uh, flimsy for sure. Yeah, he flings it open and just comes out of nowhere, girl. I was like, I was fully like mouth open, like, 
what the fuck just happened? Because that just, it goes so fast. She just smacks him in the head with a mallet. And I was like, okay, I guess. And then just drags him inside. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And his aggressive nature with opening and closing this door, I'm like, girl, he is so angry. Every little thing is, he's so angry. Very funny. Girl, the way that he smacks him fully into a seizure, I don't, it's awful, but I like laughed. It's pretty believable. Like it, I yeah. think uh, it was like. I mean, head trauma for, for sure. Like, yeah. But he started convulsing, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> it was a little oh. unsettling for sure. And then Pam's outside, and I'm like, "I guess you're outside," and I get it because like that generator is very loud. Like I don't know. I wish I wish it would have heard something, but she isn't. She's outside sitting on the swing. We I get would the, fully of course, be her too. Just <laughs> I'm not going inside, bitch. The fuck. I wouldn't have gone in at all. I feel bad that she even did. I wish she wouldn't have. But I get if you're no, if your boyfriend with a tight ass and a great bulge is not coming out of this house, you're like, well, let me go inside and check out to see what's no, happening. I'm not following. You wouldn't. No. I'll stand in the door and be like, babe. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> From the porch. I'm not going inside. You're taking steps back. Are you okay in there? <laughs> I'm like fully walking down the trail. Hello? Backwards. Girl, I'm every dumb dick, dickmatized bitch. I'm walking in probably. Mm. We don't respect men in this household, girl. I, <laughs> I really wouldn't. I wouldn't go in there for sure. But like she gets up. Again, we get that iconic shot that, you know, everybody's talked about. You've seen it a million times over. I love it. Where the camera, of course, pans from underneath the swing. It follows her to the front door, to the porch. Um, Gorgeous. She walks around the house. This is when we really get to kind of see what's going on. We kind of see the Ed Gein influence with the furniture and the teeth and, like, the body parts everywhere. And she ends up falling uh, and, like, freaking out and panicking. And then as she's running out of the house, Leatherface just decides to... And probably, honestly, one of the most freakiest moments for me in broad daylight with her running out onto the porch and him just busting out the door behind her and picking her up like nothing and just dragging her inside and throwing her in a meat hook. Hot. I just, (laughs) the way he manhandled her was crazy. Girl. So unsettling. If somebody, that is, the thought of somebody chasing me through a house and just catching me like that as I'm like almost out of the house, hot, but also fucking terrifying. And also the hook, the hook. I think about it every time I play Dead by Daylight, but like the hook, girl. Yeah, it would hurt me. It would hurt so bad. It hurts to watch. Apparently it really hurt her um, while she was filming it. Why? What happened? Um, But like, so the thing that she was hung on was only like padded with like maxi pads. (gasps) What the fuck? So it still really hurt her to like stand on it for long like i think they said the longest that she was able to do that shot was like a minute tops whoa that is crazy yeah bitch she was struggling i feel bad for her well shout out for her because her reaction is very visceral yeah so she was saying like a lot of it's real pain because it's very uncomfortable being on this prop my queen i live for her i live for that bitch right now but uh yeah while she's there screaming in pain leatherface begins to fucking chainsaw into her goddamn boyfriend right in front of her so crazy shit and i really do love this introduction of leatherface because he's relentless he's nasty there's no emotion doesn't waste any time no emotion and yeah he just he's taking care of business he's here to slaughter these hoes Mm -hmm. but as the sun starts to kind of set and it's starting to get dark jerry decides again this movie is 
quick girl like she's quick jerry goes to go look for them uh as he enters the house he finds bo- uh, pan's body in the freezer she's still alive it looks like and then he gets killed immediately so and we're just left with sally and franklin with her sorry i'm trying to read my fucking notes i can't read them <laughs> i wrote them in pencil and they're awful um <laughs> The light. <laughs> Shut up. I'm the way it turns on so fast. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, do you think Pam. Pam would have been able, like realistically in my head, Pam would have been able to es- escape that freezer. Do you think that's... Yeah, why don't you just open it? Right. Okay. <laughs> I was just seeing if maybe that was just my mindset, but... No. But maybe she's just like so in shock in like a state of shock and then being put into a freezer right and treated like a you know animal carcass maybe she's just in shock i don't know because i saw some discourse online that people say that like she escaped interesting what if she popped up <laughs> what if in the new movie while fucking sally is going toe-to-toe with leatherface and just fucking fighting him mm-hmm. fucking pam just comes in out of nowhere and just starts up tag teaming she just has a giant scar on her shoulder that's the only way we bitch, know it's her. I would have lived. She would have came in and she would have been like, I don't know, bitch, I'll fucking, the mood ain't in retrograde today. Fucking <laughs> face Saturn's and not in retrograde today, bitch. And she <laughs> takes the chainsaw. <laughs> that would have been iconic. I would have loved that. They should have, honestly, if they were trying to be like unique and different and like not like, instead of poking fun at Halloween 2018, mm-hmm. maybe they could have done something different and brought in both of them. Cause I've never even thought about that discourse of her potentially escaping. Yeah. Um, Cause it feels like she probably could have. Right. Right. In my, ide- in my brain a hundred percent. Yeah. In my brain, she's escaped. Probably not because I, every other movie after this has talked about the mom being murdered. Yeah. <laughs> but in my brain, she's escaped and she's living her life happily, you know, I don't know, doing tarot readings somewhere. Uh, and she's a vegetarian because <laughs> the idea of meat terrifies her. Oh, yeah. And she's a vegetarian. Yeah, I love that. You know what, Pam? I hope you're doing great, my queen. <laughs> but uh, Sally and Franklin are by themselves now. And they decided to just venture off into... First, they fight over the fucking flashlight because Franklin's a little bitch. <sighs> the most brother-sister dynamic. Honestly, they nail the brother-sister dynamic with these two. I would definitely like give them their props for that because their bickering here is like... I don't know. It feels very reminiscent of everything that I <laughs> fought with my sister about mm-hmm. or saw my cousins fighting about. Uh, so they very they know that part down. For sure. I love Franklin's death, though, by the way. So Franklin. Going through th- go ahead. I'll, let, I'll put that no, in later. No, it'll be after you talk about him dying. Go. Because <laughs> uh, as Sally is pushing him through, like, the the brush i don't know what we call this <laughs> the the fields i guess i don't know but as they're going through the fields of course it's pitch black and then he like shines his light in one direction all of a sudden fucking leatherface is there in another great shot like honestly the movie's iconic she nails what she needs to nail because when he pops up out of nowhere in the middle of the fucking pitch blackness with his chainsaw and just starts cutting into him we don't see it obviously but like it freaked me out Mm -hmm. and sally of course immediately does not skip a beat this is my girl she immediately starts running like she doesn't like stand back and like shake and look she said fuck franklin (laughs) (laughs) he's dead because there's he's dead there's no point in her like sitting here and like mouth agape and like not knowing what to do like i understand the initial shock maybe but no my girl is she's ready to rumble she is a fucking track star and she runs immediately and i'm like that is my bitch i live she's a runner she's a track star um period but so this movie is called the texas chainsaw massacre and franklin is the only one 
that is massacred by a chainsaw. So (laughs) he's the only death, the only death in this movie that occurs with the chainsaw, which is ironic to me, honestly. It's like, yes, I understand he's running around the whole time like a maniac with the chainsaw, but... (laughs) With the chainsaw, (laughs) But like... But this is the only official death. Yes. He does cut Kirk up with Afterwards, it, I guess, yeah. after he's already Which been is, dead, I mean, so. that's for ease, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. That's crazy to think about, though, though. Like, it's supposed to be, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we can shout out the new one. We'll talk about it a little bit more in detail. You know, but they give us an actual, like, massacre scene with the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. But, yeah, and this one frankly gets cut the fuck up. Uh, Sally starts running immediately, and, again, she's running through, like, all those, the sharp sticks prickly things i don't know what's happening at all it's so dark that i can barely see what's happening but if she's running around like imagine like running through the pitch darkness of texas rural texas nobody's around and you just hear a chainsaw behind you the, the entire time like, no porch light no nothing girl like you're just running for your fucking life my ankles could never oh girl they would have been rolled and just the thought of like a chainsaw just looming behind me the mm-hmm. entire time getting closer well, and the thing is, is like, so I feel bad for like the actors in this movie because the chainsaw is real. Like, oof, spooky. <laughs> yeah, like they weren't fucking around. Like the director had to work with all of the actors, um, and like really choreograph these things so they didn't actually get hurt. And that's wild to me. That is so crazy. Did they at least take the chain off or anything? Um. I hope so, but I didn't see like that. I just saw like Girl. the chainsaw's real and bold. Girl, imagine. <laughs> I would have been like What if I sneeze, bitch? What the fuck? <laughs> what if Gunnar Hansen just fucking drips all of a sudden and I get my head <laughs> chopped off? Like you like you never know. Right. Girl. But she again is a trooper. She's running all over the place and she is just being a badass bitch. And she ends up at the gas station mm-hmm. and we see the old man again. And the first time I watched this, I was, again, I was stunned. I was shocked. But, like, he ends up, of course, being a part of the family and, like, knocking her out and then taking her back to the house. Um, but the first time I watched this again, I was, like, I was stunned. I was shocked. I, like, didn't trust him. But I thought he was going to be just, like, another death in the movie. And oh, he no, didn't. He's a creep, girl. You could, he gives off the vibe. I didn't know he that does. he was part of the family, but I thought he was going to be, like, a creeper for and probably, like assault her or something like, yeah or something yeah. it's the teeth <laughs> he just has really really big front teeth uh and he just like smiling all the time it's kind of creepy he said i'm the ether bunny bitch and fucking <laughs> <laughs> he's just so scary to me uh but yeah, he takes her back to the house and then we get the iconic dinner scene which the first time i watched it again i was like this is so like unsettling for this poor girl to be in this house like this and being tied up to the chair. And now Leatherface is in full Wamana garb. She's in drag, honey. <laughs> I'm like, what is... I would be so confused. Yeah. That, that's just what... Well, and it made me even more uncomfortable after doing research. And then being like... So it's hundred over 100 degree weather. We have black light curtains on these windows. It's even hotter. People are leaving. They had... It took forever to film this scene because people had to walk out and vomit from the smell and come back and film this scene and just like knowing all of these things as i'm watching the movie i'm like i don't fucking feel good (laughs) 
girl, what the fuck? Y'all better fucking hype. I mean, again, I think this movie, it gets a lot of hype anyways, but like, I need the hype to just continue for this movie because what the fuck? And then y'all also better put some fucking respect on Marilyn Burns and Sally as a whole because the bitch does the damn thing. Mm-hmm. And in comparison, I mean, no shade to Jamie Lee, but baby, that was a walk in the park compared to what the fuck is going on in this movie. Yeah. So y'all better give Sally her fucking flowers because she killed that shit. And the fact that she escaped this crazy cannibalistic family is insane to me. And to go back on um, Bubba putting on a different mask, he does it three times in this movie. And it feels like, um, I mean, and this could be me projecting, <laughs> but it feels like he's putting on like these different masks to like express himself. And that like, this is the only form of expression that he has because he himself doesn't hold like, the emotions to do that like there's in my brain like there is nothing under this mask like he is just the only emotion that he's portraying is through these masks yeah which is crazy and like that then comes down to like a crazy like psychological discussion Mm -hmm. i feel like for him as a person because like you said like he the only like emotion that he can express is through skinning somebody else's face mm-hmm. and then portraying them, I guess. In right. Because at the dinner scene, he's like this supposedly like, quote unquote, womanly figure. And he's helping out with dinner and like being patronly <laughs> like and then earlier. He's just being a fucking monster. So. Uh-huh. So so he switches masks then before he starts chasing her with the chainsaw again. Right. Mm-hmm. Does he? Yeah. Which is like, he's like, I got to put on a new face. He's like, hold on. This bitch is ready. Let me just change out my (laughs) wig real quick. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. He said, drag race, wig reveal. And he just like rips off that fucking mask and puts on something else, girl. But that's funny to think about, really, truly. But it's also like, it makes you maybe somewhat feel sympathetic for him as a character, even perhaps. Because we don't know what's brought him here. Because he doesn't, he's not a person. They have, I mean, we know, we come to learn that he's like... Um, taken advantage of by his family for like his brute strength and his lack of like human emotion for sure. Yeah. And so like, and that's a very common theme throughout all the movies. Yeah. And you, sure. you do feel bad for him. And there's a lot of people that like, va- like love him for that. Like find him to be a lovable character because he's sweet at the end of the day because he's been taken advantage of by his family. And like everybody can, relate to that on some type of level you know what i mean yeah i mean if disney has shown us anything it's that the villains are probably always the more interesting characters yeah they there's always a reason why they are villains a villain origin story you know we it's a meme these days but like everybody has a villain origin story Mm -hmm. kind of so it really again like you said it makes him obviously the most interesting person in this movie and in all the movies particularly you know pretty like frequently because it's always like you're always wondering like like how did he get here? And there's instances like with Michael Myers, say for example, or like with the Rob Zombie film where they kind of tried to kind of explain you know where Michael's come from mm-hmm. or why or, or you know or, or why Michael is the way he is. I never really wanted to know what was going down with Michael. I was never intrigued as to why he was acting the way he was. But there's something about Leatherface that just feels interesting and maybe it is because it's like the ed gein tie-in and like we definitely understand that there's you know some deep-rooted issues here but it makes him very interesting as like a horror villain for sure Mm -hmm. and the chainsaw is scary 
Probably one of the most scariest weapons like in any horror movie probably is this chainsaw. It's terrifying. The distance. And he could run. He runs like a crazy person. Oh, girl. He's a track star. He's so, so fucking fast. And just him tearing through these fields is wild. So fucking scary. And uh, really fast, then I guess back to the dinner scene real quick. I do want to say I love the shots of the eyeballs. Oof. I love how intense it feels. I like Marilyn. Oh, my gosh. She kills it. Like, her screaming, her, like, visceral reaction to everything. It's probably because it fucking smelled like tits and ass in there, I guess, apparently. But, like, just the way that she was acting towards everything was, like, so believable. And, like, the family just laughing at her and, like, just, like, making fun of her. I was like, I wanted them all to get what they had coming to them for sure. Right. And then they bring down grandpa. <laughs> I think it's it. They try to have him like bludgeon her. And he, you know, this, oh, the old man cannot perform anymore. And so she takes the initiative to take that chance to escape. Bitches jumping through windows like a badass. Mm-hmm. Again, like we talk all the time, like Meg there's Thomas a in the house. <laughs> yeah. Like who would jump through a window? Sally would. Sally would be that bitch who does it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be afraid to try to jump through a window because I feel like it would like hit it and it wouldn't break. And <laughs> just bounce off. And just fall back. Same. <laughs> yeah, that like, or I'd make out. it like halfway through and my big, juicy, thick ass would have me <laughs> hanging halfway out and halfway in. Or I think like I would go through it first, like elbow first or something maybe, but then like, I don't know, like a Shatter shard or part of it would slice <laughs> me in the back or something and I just like bleed out instead. Like, I don't know. Like I have a lot of irrational fears of jumping through a window. But she just doesn't hesitate, and she just does it. Like, she runs up the stairs and just shoots through that thing. Fully up. throws herself through it. Yeah. I was like, what a badass. And then as she's running, as the sun's rising, which is also a really gorgeous shot, just, like, screaming. The hitchhiker is, like, dancing and twirling behind her, while Leatherface is also running at her with the fucking chainsaw. But when she finally gets to the street, the hitchhiker gets knocked the fuck out and squished by the semi-truck. Um, it's amazing. And the poor semi-truck driver gets out to try to help her, <laughs> and then, like, Leatherface is just right there with the fucking chainsaw. Right. And this man is like, uh, what did I sign up for here right now? What the fuck is happening? hilarious but she escapes and i mean i don't even know how many times i can say iconic for this movie like there's just everything is so like iconic with this movie no matter how simple it is and what it does no matter how all the characters besides sally just are there to be killed very quickly like the ending is just gorgeous like i don't know what else to say about it her laughing and crying at the same time while covered in blood Mm -hmm. like i don't know what else to say about it like it's just it's great i love it so much yeah and then, you know, good old Leatherface dancing. <laughs> Just spinning around with the chainsaw. What what would you do if, like, so he's dancing and spinning around with his chainsaw, and they just put that, wouldn't it be nice if we <laughs> 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 over the top? <laughs> and it just ends like that freeze frame? Yeah. Um, I don't know, girl. I need to see that. <laughs> I, I, I would have welcomed it with open arms. I don't know. Something about the ending just feels so... I don't know. Like it feels, I don't know. I, I, I just, it, I think it's supposed to leave you kind of feeling a little bit like empty maybe. Mm-hmm. And like a little bit like confused as to what we just watched. Cause it was a lot happening. So fast. Um, so fast. Literally everything happened so quickly. And like, I imagine like this poor girl, like think of the scenario. Like she's, she wakes up in the morning, she's at a grave site then she stops at the gas station or she runs into a hitchhiker, stops at the gas station. She goes to her grandparents' old house and then all of a sudden it's nighttime and she's getting chased with the chainsaw. Yeah, like, like this is in the span of like a day and a half. Yeah. 
like so fast. Like, shout out to Sally, honestly, badass. I love it. Shout out to Toby. This movie is iconic. Like, I really, I don't know what else to say about this movie. Like, again, looking back on it, it feels like a seventies horror film. It oh, definitely yeah. has that old aesthetic. The pacing, although everything's happening very fast, it's still like very slow paced. And again, like the story is quick, it's effective. There's little to no character development for some of these people, but like it doesn't matter. The shots are great. Like gives us Leatherface. It gives us a great final girl in Sally, and it just gives us like legitimately so many iconic shots. Like I can't even. My brain melts at the thought of everything that they gave us in this movie. And she's great. I love it so much. She's a good time. If you like seventies, if you enjoy. Ah! Like what? I would, if you, even if you go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like I would obviously like rewatch, and I would, um, like recommend. I'm not saying like it's a bad movie. I'm just saying that like go into it expecting 70s level horror because if you go in expecting like the gore, you're not gonna be satisfied. Yeah, go into it expecting. To see a classic. Like, that's yeah. how I'll look at it. Like, that's what I will tell you. Go into it expecting to see a classic. Don't go into it expecting blood, guts, and gore. Go into it expecting to see a classic story, a classic setup of a slasher film, uh, executed in a grungy uh, and very aesthetic, heavy way. Like, I don't know, like, the best way to describe it, but, like, go into it expecting to see a classic horror movie. And if you haven't seen it, definitely do it because, again, the girlies are still trying to be texas chainsaw massacre like that's just how it is every time a good horror movie comes out the girlies after it are always going to be trying to replicate it and this movie is no different like there you see the influence today you see the influence in so many different horror films um like i said a little bit at the beginning as well like with x specifically like you see the influence it is still happening right today and it's just great like and it's given us an iconic killer it's giving us again so many iconic things like I don't know. I don't know. It would be a sad world of horror if we didn't have this movie. For sure. I love it. What would you even rate this movie? Should we wait to do a rating for both of them at the end? Uh, No, I think we should have separate ratings for sure. Okay. What would you rate this movie? I'd say an easy four. Four? I'd say okay. an easy four for me. Yeah. Four chainsaws out of five. Four masks. Okay. <laughs> four uh, uh, makeup Four leather face wigs. Yes, I uh, I think I'm going to lean to a four and a half. I think she's very influential. I think she's very iconic. I think she gives us moments that you will remember. Like you can probably not watch this movie for the next five years and know everything that happens. And oh, like yeah. you won't she's forget simple. what happens in this movie. <laughs> she's so simple though, but like so effective. Like, I don't know. She's great. I love it. I love what it's done. It's a very easy four and a half for me. Um, because I love a good simple slasher movie and she's one of the originals. I loved it. I loved it so much. Let's take a quick break then. And then we're going to come back and then we're going to do another very quick discussion on the new Texas Chainsaw film. Just to kind of give you guys a little tease as to kind of what we think about that movie as well. Cause there's a lot of thoughts in my head. So we'll be right back. Same. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show.
Alrighty, welcome back. Now let's move on to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, originally released on February 18th. 2022 made on an estimated budget of around 20 million dollars the film of course didn't really have an opening weekend or worldwide gross because it was released onto netflix exclusively but it does have a runtime of one hour and 21 minutes it was directed by david blue garcia it was also written and produced by Fetty alvarez who of course is famously known within the horror sphere for evil dead the remake don't breathe so on and so forth and has a very solid cast we have sarah yarkin as melody elise fisher as lila Jacob Lattimore as Dante, Mo Dunford as Richter, Nell Hudson as Ruth, Jessica Elaine as Catherine, Mark Burnham is good old Leatherface, and Owen Foray plays Sally in her return to the franchise. A group of young, idealistic friends are traveling to the small Texas town of Harlow, where they, of course, run into the madman known as Leatherface. After nearly 50 years of hiding, he is back to keep his home safe and sound from the outsiders. So, ah, this movie, first and foremost, did you like this movie? I liked it better my second watch than I did my first watch. Um, It was one of those situations where um, the company that you watch it with influences your decisions for sure. Uh Uh-huh, for sure. And you know what? Everybody that I've talked to about this movie afterwards also, like, hated it. And I was like, okay, because we watched the movie originally with my boyfriend who <laughs> hated it, hated it. And he made sure to say that he hated it as we were watching it. We love him, but good God. But good God, hated <laughs> it. But then like everybody else that I talked to about it after the fact also hated it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was hard. It, it's hard for me to be like, well, I enjoyed it because it kind of felt a little bit campy, like most slasher films. And most people are just like. Uh, well, who? It's stupid. Like they don't understand that aspect of it, I guess, or they don't understand just like how inherently comedic slasher films can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. People probably went into it when you think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They probably wanted something crazy and dark and gory, and I definitely understand. And this movie definitely wasn't giving that. Um, I guess like to the utmost degree that it could, but like I. I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, like you said, especially on second rewatch, like I really didn't like I, the characters that I thought I hated the first watch, I didn't the second watch. Mm-hmm. And the things that I thought that were just so stupid the first time are still kind of stupid, but like, I didn't mind them as much. It was another one of those things where like, I didn't know what mindset to go into it with the first time. I think I had a lot of expectations for the movie that ruined it for me and so like the second time around I knew to expect like to go in with like my campy goggles on and try and yeah, see like sure. the fun in it for sure yeah I definitely feel those vibes for sure because I also I guess maybe like most people were expecting something a, a little bit different mm-hmm. um, and they de- they definitely went into full slasher territory which is fine but they went into full I don't even know how to explain it, but the tone definitely feels a little bit more akin to like a scream film. Oh yeah. Than like a Texas chainsaw film. But I don't even want to say that because if you go back to like the original Texas chainsaw sequel that came out in the eighties, like it has this exact same vibe. It's kind of, you know, funny or a little bit funny at times, a little bit over the top. Yeah. You know, there's films in the franchise in the series, although those films probably aren't everybody's favorites, there's films that are like that already <clears throat> that we've seen Leatherface, you know, or that we've seen within this franchise. So like, 
I don't know. Like, I don't, I just wish people could maybe kind of take the time to kind of see the fun in things. Um, but I definitely understand that it can be difficult at times, especially with the movie, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you're probably expecting something a little bit more serious in tone. And we really didn't get that this time around. Right. I don't know what it is about this. Um, there's like a filter over this movie. That like is there? It just looks very like HD. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It, it feels like surreal. I don't know how to yeah, like even because it's supposed to be like grungy, but like it just looks clean. It looks so like pretty. Yeah, <laughs> like especially for time. like a town that's supposed to have been like abandoned, for, except for like four people. Like there's, it's unrealistic. <laughs> it's a little bit of dust here, a little bit of dust there. A rebel flag over there. That's, yeah. Yeah, like it definitely, it feels like a movie set. Like they really didn't nail like the aesthetic, I feel like for me personally. Because mm-hmm. um, it doesn't, it didn't, I don't know. Maybe again, maybe it's just growing up like in or around Texas. Like it just didn't feel like Texas to me. Yeah. I We know what I Texas get the vibes. Like. Yeah, like I get it. I get what it feels like. It feels like the original. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you're looking for something that feels like a Texas movie, that that's what it is. This mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it feels like a movie set. Yeah. Um, and they surely didn't film it in Texas anyway, so that's probably a big reason why. But just even just like the set design and like where we spend most of our time is like this one random street in this small town, and like it just doesn't. She's not giving. She's not giving what I want her to give. Unfortunately. Yeah. But I do like the aspect, again, of this being, you know, 50 years later, um, people, you know, again, like real life, like this is how my brain was when I was a kid. Like, this is what I thought, like text, you know, uh, Leatherface is still out there. Everybody's like, you know, is he really real? The one lone survivor from this is Sally and she's just, you know, out here being a ranger. And like, I kind of like picking up here. Mm -hmm. I just wish that there could have been a whole lot more done with Sally. I don't know if we want to just get into that bone to pick right off the bat. Yeah. But, like, I just wish there was more with her. And I understand maybe they're trying to just parody or poke fun at Halloween 2018 and horror films in general for kind of doing this kind of thing, I guess. But if that's the approach you want to take, you need to do it with the whole movie. Because it almost felt like we're, like, campy, campy, campy. We're feeding into, like, the things that, like, a good portion of horror uh, horror movie, like, viewers are into, like... We're feeding them what they're used to. The requel aesthetic, you know. And then, yeah, like we're feeding into this vibe and then now we're going to make fun of it. Like, don't, it feels very like, uh, like catfishy. Kind of, right. A little (laughs) bit. And Fetty Alvarez in his films, like he kind of has like the aspect of kind of, kind of doing stuff like that i guess kind of like something like like a last minute twist or something that's kind of like out of left field and i think he tried to do that with the execution of sally in this movie um but it's just like it It was a slap to the face for the horror community for the character like i just said we need to put respect on her name Mm -hmm. like sally was a great final girl uh marilyn burns brought so much visceral talent with her acting to that role Mm -hmm. like i just wish there could have been more respect to the character yeah and like at the same time like the you know the uh, i i I don't know like the person in the person inside of me that likes the drama and likes 
to have, see people s- laugh and suffer, I guess. Like, the fact that they just completely, like, again, like, disrespected the character and literally tossed her aside into the garbage. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, again, the chaotic side of me is like, that's funny, I guess. Like, I can see why they're doing that. But at the same time, I'm like, no, bitch, like, it's just so disrespectful to Sally as a whole. I was very sad about it. And they also actor, they had her acting like a loon. They had her acting like a fool in this movie. We started right away and we're upset. <laughs> we didn't even get to anything else. We're like, damn you for doing this to Sally. Well, especially <laughs> coming from somebody like Freddy Alvarez, who did such an iconic remake of Evil Dead. And the Evil Dead remake that he did is beautiful and it's gory and it's doesn't disrespect the original in any way whatsoever. So for this to come from the same brain feels a little backhanded. It feels intentional. It feels like, a, it, uh, honestly, it feels like, uh, it just feels like he has like a long list of things to do. And then he was like, oh yeah, I have to do this thing also. And then just like threw something together very fast and just left it with that. But yeah, so uh, I don't know. Like again, and maybe it's just coming off of talking about the original and like coming straight into this one. It does feel like it's a little backhanty. It feels a little, uh, a little to like the people who really do love the original, especially because if you're going with the requel, approach and you're focusing on just the original and just focusing on this being like a continuation or a sequel to the original film I, I you would think maybe you would want it to kind of at least feel similar to that film in a way i mean obviously the 50 year age gap is going to be there if there's like there's no point in trying to make it exactly like that at all but like, i don't know it just felt like they could have done a little bit more here not to say that i don't enjoy it now for what it is on you know the couple rewatches that I've had since seeing it the first time, but I definitely could understand the backlash that I was kind of receiving at first. I do think that people can get a little intense and I do think sometimes maybe it's not the best practice to just always say what you're feeling online because that just kind of creates an avalanche of stupidity. Uh, But I could definitely understand some of the critical aspects that people were having an issue with here. Are we wanting to do a scene by scene? We can just kind of talk about it. I don't really even know like, we can talk about, I guess, like the main points that we find interesting in this one, I guess. Works for me. Um, but yeah, this movie, like the story behind it also is like really interesting. Like it's a group of people, like these two chefs that I guess are also like influencers. I don't really understand what's happening with them. But like they are trying to start up like a, their own society in rural Texas to get away from the big city. And, you know, with potential investors and buyers are hoping to like, again, create like an, uh, a community in the middle of nowhere. It seems like an interesting idea, I guess. It feels like, like a cult. It feels very culty. And Richter makes sure to point that out right away, that it feels very culty, which is probably what everybody was thinking like when they are first talking about this. And then it's nice that they had this character come in and be like, yeah, you sound like a cult. Um, because it feels, I don't know, it's a little weird. It's a little strange. And it's like, why Texas? Uh, like, if, if you're going to pick somewhere to like start a society in or a new community why texas like that's my real question like why is this the state that you've decided to i like i to put the stakes down like why here yeah because like we're i'm assuming we're in modern day um yeah there's a tesla running around so it's pretty modern right like but i'm saying like with the way that the world is now like it's not some type of like ideal fucking timeline or something but like people have to know and if you're texan and you're listening to us know that i'm not talking to you because you're obviously different but like you have to know that like texas is very close-minded texas is very 
largely Republican and Southern and rebel flaggy mm-hmm. and Christian. Mm-hmm. And like, this is not the place that is going to be welcoming to like a new mindset and a new right. like growth pattern and a new community. Like that's not the place that you're going to find an accepting community to set that up in. So, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if it's like them, like maybe wanting to not only see change with what they're trying to do with this place, but they're maybe like you said, maybe they're going to this place that if you're not in a major like metropolitan area of the state, then you're going to be in, uh, like you said, a very red, a very religious, a very, it's just kind of like everything you said pretty much, but like maybe they were trying to all like, I don't know like face that head on and like face the people that they are going to be judged. Good luck girl. Cause it didn't work out for any of us. It didn't work out for them either. Um, but yeah, so they're here in Texas to do this. Uh, we're looking at our two main people really are this, uh, is the sister duo Melody and Lila, I believe are their names. Um, Melody, I think is the youngest. Yeah. Right. Or is Lila the youngest? I think Lila's the younger Lila's one. The youngest, the older right. one. So Lila is a victim of a school shooting. Like that's her arc in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, which I do think. I mean, I, I definitely feels like they're very, you know, they're very much trying to be political in nature, I suppose, as a way that Toby was in the original as well. You know, having this, you know, child who was a victim of a school shooting being in Texas where people are very adamant about their guns and wanting gun laws to say kind of how they are. Like, it's very, like, like I blinked my eyes, like, blink, 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 like that they did this. Because, like, I understand what they were wanting to do here and like the story that they were trying to push right but it doesn't feel like it even feels like fully realized and beyond the scene that she has with richter in the barn area that he lives in where like they're talking about it a little bit and you can see these two people from two different walks of life discussing this matter in a civilized way is great like i don't mind that scene but that's the only scene that we get that kind of touches on this aspect of i guess like her being this victim in a state that's predominantly for gun law. Not not saying everybody is, but like we know that that's like a thing, unfortunately. So like, uh, I don't know, like I appreciate what they're trying to do, but it also just feels like very, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't need it personally. Like I didn't, it didn't like add anything to this movie at all. Like right. it didn't do anything for me. So I don't know. It's just like one of those things where like with the most of this movie, it just feels like unnecessary maybe. Mm-hmm. I feel I you. I don't know. But where they do succeed in this movie is like the kills and everything else. Like Leatherface is crazy in this movie and the blood is phenomenal and every single death is amazing. He keeps his chainsaw in the wall, inside the wall. <laughs> so like it's obvious that he has been off the market for a little while. He's <laughs> he hasn't been <laughs> he hasn't been working out his killer fucking tactics. Over the past 50 years, but he's ready. As soon as it's go time, it's go time. <laughs> and that's another thing, too, is, like, we have, like, we don't get anything as to, like, what's been going on for the last 50 years Mm-mm. with him. We're, I mean, obviously, the Hitchhiker's dead. Um, we don't know if the other old man, he probably died at some point. But we're also to believe, like, that, I mean, their home was never found. They were never found. 
like it just like he disappeared. He went to hiding. He went in. He went to an orphanage at. Uh, he was in his twenties already, but he ended up at an orphanage, I guess, and like was just taken in by this woman, and she became his mother figure, and I guess I like, cared for him and kept him away from murdering people for fifty years. We're supposed to just run with that story, and I guess it works. I guess it's fine. I guess it gets the job done, but it just it feels half asked. Yeah, for sure. To be girl. quite frank with it it really all feels so half-assed we're just gonna gloss over everything basically it's literally like oh we have a due date for february to get this movie made for netflix so let's just throw it together let's put a sally in there and kill her because <laughs> halloween and then just like go with it so like it, it the story is just like she's not it like i don't care for any of it i don't care for what they're trying to do here i don't care for the story behind all of it it just it's not what I'm coming to this movie for. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I'm coming for the kills. And if I come back to rewatch this movie, it's going to be just to see everybody get sliced and diced the way that they do. Exactly. That. But the story just, she's lacking. She really is lacking. Yeah. It's very lazy, like you said. And that's disappointing for people who are fans of the franchise. I will, I do laugh though when they uh, first show up in Richter, like he's putting gas in. Melody is just like making fun of him, like right off the bat. And although, like at first, like you're to assume, like oh, she's a bitch. We, I can't stand her. And that's kind of the reaction I had the first go around. I was like, oh, well, why would she even say that? But I like didn't even catch like then immediately. She's like, oh well, telling her sister, you know, like, I didn't mean to, you know, stand up for you or like, you know, I'm not trying to like cause a scene for how trying to stand up for you. So I do think she's always been kind of nice from the beginning because I, I know a lot of people had issues with her and like felt like she was awful and like. She was just rude and she wasn't the best character. But it always seems like her intentions, beyond like the crazy society thing that she's focused on, mm -hmm. she seems to care for her sister a lot. And yeah. like that seems to be something that's very clear from the beginning. And when the old lady is kicked out of the, out of her house, um, like she's also very like taken aback by that right away. You know, she didn't call the police. So she seems like a good person to me. Um, because in that scenario, I probably would also be trying to boot this old lady out. Like, I wouldn't even bat an eyelash. I'm like, yeah, get this lady out of here, please. Well, um, and she's very concerned. Like, please tell me we did not kick this old woman out of her house. Like, yeah. unrightfully. Like, please tell me that you didn't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. But this old lady, I mean, again, she probably deserved it because as they were like, when they first show up to the town, you know, they're driving around in their little Tesla with an awful grill for some reason to cover up the Tesla logo. It just looks like shit. Um, but they're running around in their Tesla, which is like, like, I appreciate it. But like the fact that they have like a Tesla running around in rural Texas, I'm just like, where's the charging stations? Is there a charging station anywhere no, nearby? It's going to be useless. How is this thing realistically here? It's I, I, a throwback to the van that ran out of gas, apparently. <laughs> because like I just like I'm like I don't get it, Miss Girl. Um, but anyways, the thing's running around and like they show up to the town and they see the Confederate flag, which leads them into this orphanage, which is where this old lady is. And they get into you know whole debate with her. They kick her out as she's getting kicked out of their house. Of course, is the first thing that we see Leatherface at the top of the stairs or at the top of the stairs, which is a great shot. Like he looks very creepy up there. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously, he's concerned with his you know quote unquote mother. So they all hop into this little ambulance thing and they run off together. Um, so Dante is the guy who is partnering with Melody to try to get this taken care of and start the society. And his wife or fiance, I think she's like his fiance. She decides to hop into the car with them to go take this old lady to the hospital. Why? 
I couldn't tell you why, but it happens. And it's so sad because in the captions throughout this entire movie, every time she speaks, it just shows us Dante's fiance. They don't give her a name in the captions, but she does have a name. Uh, her name is Ruth, but in the captions, she's just known as Dante's fiance. Um, so I feel bad for her. Poor thing. That's how she's going to be known for the rest <laughs> of her life. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the first scene of graphic violence from Leatherface inside this car. Because, you know, Virginia, who's his mother, she dies. The last thing she says is, don't go in my room, which I roll. Uh, you couldn't think of anything better to put down there. But anyways, so he's like, of course, now taken aback and fuming. So the cop is like reaching out to him and he cracks the fucking cop's wrist and just takes his wrist bones and shoves it into his neck. Iconic. Iconic. Like literally, like I will talk about that death probably for the rest of my life. It was iconic. It's like, I just love it. But then the cop in the driver's seat gets shot in the neck because the other cop like had his, I don't know, it's the whole thing. And they end up crashing. But the entire van scene with Ruth is phenomenal. I love the tension. Mm -hmm. I love how like creepy it looks because I like, again, being in her position, I was like, what do you do here? Because she wakes up and then she sees that Leatherface is behind the car sawing into his quote unquote mother's face <laughs> to fucking wear her face. And she's just like, in this car, the cop next to her is dead. I just love this scene so much. Yeah, that shit's wild. And like whenever she has to crawl over the dead cop's body um, to try and get out is terrifying. Like the tension, the my heart started racing for her. Like so ah, scary so to think about. Once again, my fat ass would have honked the horn on accident as I was climbing <laughs> over. Um, but in this, like right after this scene, is the funniest shot in the whole movie, I think, is whenever <laughs> it's just uh, Leatherface like in the sunflowers, <laughs> and he just pops up like a little mir a little meerkat. It's the cutest thing I've ever fucking seen. Iconic. I live for it. So funny. But I I I love this scene. I think it might be my favorite scene in the movie. Like I just really enjoy like how it's all directed. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the atmosphere it brings, the tension it brings. I think it's great. I think it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie for sure. Um, and at this point, too, I was like, oh, well, maybe this will get better. Uh, and, like, you know, the kills get better, for sure. But, like, everything else really doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, because after this, then, I mean, I don't know. This movie is just, like, it's so simple. Because then Melody, she goes back to the house because she's trying to find the deed. And they end up finding the deed inside the house. So they did kick this old woman out. But, I mean, anyways, in vain of what they're trying to do here, the woman shouldn't have been here in the first place. She should have been gone. So, like, I don't know why she feels that bad about it. Um, but yeah, so they're in the house. Leatherface comes back. He slices at Dante right into his cheekbone where it's like hanging off of his face. Very graphic. I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. And then Melody hides underneath the bed as Leatherface comes home and starts putting his mother's clothes on, putting on makeup, you know, very akin to the original film. I did enjoy that little moment for sure. Oh, yeah. Mommy Leatherface coming back is always welcome. Always welcome. Um, but yeah, so he comes back home. He sees that there's a celebration going on because they're partying because all these investors show up on this bus and they start auctioning off, you know, buildings in the town. I don't know what the fuck is happening, but go off, I guess. So he's pissed off. He gets his chainsaw out as he's getting his chainsaw out and doing all this nonsense. Um, I don't even know, girl. What even happens after that? After the auction? Uh, we completely missed Mel getting fucking sent through the floor. 
Oh my god, yes. So I think this happens. Maybe it was after this. Well, I guess what happens f- first, I guess, is uh, oh my god. See, honestly, this movie. I don't, again, I liked her on second rewatch, but again, like, I don't think I'm going to be coming back to her that often. But what happens first is uh, Dante, like, leaves the house, and then as he's, like, walking through the rain, uh, Richter sees him, and Catherine sees him, who she's run, she runs the bank. I feel bad for her also, because I felt like she could have done more, but she's just there because she, like, with the bank. I don't know. But Richter was like, you know, he's the one that was mad with him. He also, everybody was thirsting over him, and in watching it again, I mean, I guess I could see it. He seems like very like a wholesome guy, I guess. But he ends up seeing Dante leaving the house, and that's when he sees the face all cut up. And then Catherine's there, and he's like, you know, go back to the bus. So she runs back to the bus, and then he proceeds to go into the orphanage. And that's when Leatherface is in there, and he beats the shit out of him in a crazy-ass scene where he, like, takes... I don't even know what he has. It's like a hammer that he has? Mm-hmm. I don't know what he has, but he hits Richter in, like, the kneecap, and it fucking shoots his leg backwards yeah. in like the most ridiculous position very gross very gnarly i think it's supposed to be like the mallet that he has in the first movie uh interesting okay and melody's underneath the bed watching this the entire time <laughs> yeah. richter then gets sl- cut in his neck i believe with a shard of glass after he shoves leatherface into it and then leatherface proceeds to just bash his brains in pretty gnarly well and when he falls richter like outstretches his arms to Mel under the bed with the fucking keys to the bus that he took earlier in the movie. I'm like, girl, why would you do that? She can see the keys on you. Like, I don't like, I don't. why would you do that, my guy? Trying to sell me out, bitch. Yeah, I would have been pissed. I would have like, hit him again. Hit him again, bitch. Trying to get, re- like, literally trying to sell me out. But Leatherface doesn't take the hint and leaves. Maybe he does know because then he's like waiting for her when she does end up leaving. Maybe he is like just playing with his meat a little bit here because then Melody does get the keys and she does leave. And that's when we get the crazy scene where she gets wailed with the hammer, I'm assuming, and flies back through the floorboards and ends up underneath the house. Oh, and yeah. We get a fun moment with the chainsaw underneath the floor or uh, while she's underneath the house. And, you know, I love that scene also. He's like sawing through the floor. Yeah, that shit's wild. I, I could never. And then I guess back at the bus, Catherine goes back and she just says like, you know, keep the bus. The bus closed. Like, I I don't know. I would have warned everybody. Like, I I don't know. We could have been like Haddlefield on Halloween night, baby. We're evil dies tonight. Like, let's all fucking get some weapons and go find this one person. Right. It's literally 20 of us, maybe. I don't even know. Like, there's a group of us versus this one person. Yeah, but they get on the bus and they just run to the back of the bus instead of, like, fucking charging him. They're stupid. They're really stupid. And like again, I wish Catherine would have went back and be like, this Dante is dead. This dream is no more. People are dying. Let's get this show on the road. Then let's fucking murder somebody. But she doesn't. And she just sits there quietly. And it's very uh, it's just boring for her character. Because then Lila ends up leaving. And also Catherine just lets her leave. She's like, I'm leaving. And she just like walks off the bus. And I'm like, there's, like, no urgency to any of these characters. Like, I feel like they just don't feel like they, like, are in the scenario. And, again, like, we have the knowledge of knowing they're in a horror movie. But, like, they just don't feel like they're really going through anything urgent here. Right. But Lila's able to leave. She finds Melody while she's suffering underneath or while she's underneath the house getting, you know, attacked. Uh, Leatherface does cut a sewer pipe and sewage falls all over Melody, which is pretty funny. Later, like, when Melody, like, reunites with everybody, nobody is like, why are you covered in shit? Like, nobody addresses that. They're just like, hey. 
hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck, girl. And I'm just like, what's happening? But they do that. They run back to the bus. And that's when we get the infamous bus scene that either you hated it or you loved it. I loved it. The people in it were stupid. Like Stormy said, like they all just run to the back of the bus because Leatherface hops onto this bus. And he just starts mowing them down left and right. And again, like I wish there could have been some more action taken here. But like I I mean, I guess if it's like raining outside and there's a chainsaw blasting in your ears and people are getting cut up left and right, I can understand like the general panic here. Maybe just nobody knows what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. And because also, I mean, I also wouldn't want to charge headfirst into a man wearing, you know, a human mask. I would push, surely push the person in front of me into him though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Full squid game. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're going to get taken out and I'm going to escape for, I'm going to escape off this bus. That or like while the chainsaw's busy sawing through Bob, I'm gonna crawl over the seats and like get behind him and leave. Or underneath the seats. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There was no again, no urgency. Catherine, after banging on the window that wouldn't open for fucking ever, decides to go to a window that actually has locks and can actually open at the last minute and gets cut in half. Very gnarly. I really didn't enjoy that. But like at the same time I'm like <gasps> I just wish Somebody on this bus was smart. Like, I just wish somebody on this bus had seen one too many horror movies and knew what to do. Like, I, I just needed something else. And then Lila and Melody, of course, are those people, I guess, for us. They go into the bathroom. They escape through the top of the bus. They run outside. And that's when Sally shows up because she's also on her own little mission. We don't get a lot from her. But when Leatherface is, um, how does she even know that he's back? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, because Sally comes back because after Ruth is, or well, before Ruth died, she's like on the radio, like saying, oh, there's a man, he's taking her face and mm-hmm. wearing her a mask. And the old man at the gas station at the beginning of the movie, who we didn't touch on because he's not important, decides to call Sally and warn her because Sally is just, I don't know what she's doing, butchering animals. She, again, I, I don't know what. She's working at the slaughterhouse. <laughs> girl i have no idea but she catches wind of this so she's going back to harlow to find leatherface and she's just on her little journey she pops up here at the very end of the movie and so she goes into the orphanage because after just murdering everybody in this bus leatherface is like okay well i'm good to go and he just goes back to the orphanage and just sits down and then sally finds him in there has a shotgun to his skull and it's just like do you remember me do you remember who I am? And I'm like, bitch, it's been 50 years. Of course he doesn't remember. You you have white hair, and you are a shell of who you were back then. I'm like, no, he doesn't remember you. He also wears human masks. And like, no, he probably can barely see you back in the day. She tells him to say her name. And I'm like, bitch, he hasn't said a word this whole fucking movie. You think now he's going to start? He's not going to know who you are, bitch. Even if he was at home watching fucking, you know, 2020 and seeing your story, I don't think he cares enough to fucking remember who you are. But she's here screaming at him. And then she lets him leave. And he walks back outside. And, like, then he starts attacking the girls again, which I don't know why he stopped attacking the girls in the first place to go and regroup at the house. I don't get it. He just needs to take a breather at home. I feel bad. He's like, I just massacred 20 people. I need to fucking hit this fucking blunt real fast. <laughs> Speaking of blunts, I didn't address it in the first movie, um, but John Laroquet, I can't pronounce his last name, but the, the narrator for the opening scene, um, he was paid with a joint. 
So again, the original movie. <laughs> Iconic. Everything about that is iconic to me. Imagine if anybody wants me to do any voiceover work, if you want anybody to sound like a gay <laughs> mess on anything that you're doing, pay me in a joint and we will have a good day. That is amazing. That is phenomenal. Wow. Wow. I never knew what I wanted to do for a career until now. I want to be getting paid in joints to do VO work for a fucking movie. I wow. Yeah. Wow. That is more interesting than anything happening in this remake. That's for sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> First, not me starting off this discussion, like, you know, I didn't mind it too bad. And then going about it and talking about it. With we you. just shit on it for fucking 45 minutes. Yeah. But you know why? It's because we spent a majority of this time talking about the original and being like, yeah, she's so great. And then like, then we come to this one. And although, again, separating it completely from the original and looking at it as its own entity. Oh yeah, you you cannot compare them. I mean, we already know, but <laughs> right for you to, in order for you to enjoy the second one, you need to see it as a separate entity from the original. Yes, if you are going to watch this movie, please go into it with the mindset at least for the one hour and twenty one minutes that it's uh you know playing in front of your eyeballs to just please like just forget about all the iconic shit in the first one and just watch this for what it is because that's how it's probably going to be most enjoyable to view again after his blunt break he decides to then go back outside and start attacking the girls in the car again because they're locked in the back of sally's cop car or ranger car or whatever the fuck and then she comes back out and starts shooting at him and like laughing hysterically and i'm like bitch what you, sh- you could have shot him in the head already we could have been right. done I could have been done with this movie. It could have been 60 minutes. It could have just taken the host's influence and just fucking make it 60 minutes. Have her walk inside that room and blast his fucking brains out. And I would have been satisfied. <laughs> I would have been just fine with that. Ending. So she shoots him in the back of the head, right? And the mask like comes off of his face and just like lands on the camera. And that's how it ends. Right. Or she blows his brains out and it's not him. <gasps> and like he put a mask on somebody else maybe. Wow. And then she, on his like, mom. <gasps> yeah it's like his mom's body or something like i don't know anything else and then she would have been freaking out and then he was outside attacking the girls i still want that shot with the mask like hitting <laughs> yeah and then she runs outside and like and then we can like, i don't even that makes more sense than what we got is she like shot him like because we at that point then we could see that you know she's relentless she's been waiting 50 years for this this is her moment instead of making her look like a fucking joke have her go in there and start blasting bitches and then it's not him and then the girls are screaming outside because now he's like he used it as a decoy I don't know. You could have made Leatherface and Sally look more cool and, you know, more methodical in what they were doing. But it's just like they're staring at each other, breathing each other's air, you know. Right. And like and then they just ends. The scene just ends. And then they're just out. And then they're outside. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, we could have done something a little bit more interesting. It didn't work. Uh, Fucking. I I don't know. Have it be Franklin's body. Maybe he's had it preserved in fucking the freezer for 50 years. (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get this Sally bitch when she comes back. And I'm going to fucking bring out her fucking dead brother and make this bitch shoot him in the head. I don't know. That would have been ridiculous, but I would have liked that more than her sitting here and staring at him and being like, say my name. Like it's a fucking destiny child music video. I'm like, girl, no. And then she gets absolutely fucking demolished by this chainsaw he's <laughs> fucking her inside sawing back and forth with this chainsaw and then she gets up later yeah she's still alive after that how the fuck is that how 
Why? It's so funny. I will. Th- okay, listen. Again, the chaotic side of me kind of lives yeah. for that moment still because it was. It really was like such a fuck you to the aspect of you know uh, in screen fashion to the legacy character coming back, mm-hmm. and I think it's very funny. Uh, I do like the aspect of them doing that, but at the same time, like they literally kill her so fast and then throw her into the garbage. And I'm just like, I understand the joke behind this, but at the same time, like Sally is such an iconic final girl. And I really wish she would have had more to do than like be tossed aside into the garbage. And then that's where she dies in good old Harlow, Texas. Uh, like I just it's a little sad I mean it's a movie I can get over it I'll move on I can just go back and watch the original and watch Sally be a badass and be perfectly fine and her legacy is not tainted by a one random movie out of the other fucking ten that have come out in this franchise I get it but I was a little disappointed in that for sure and like Stormy says then she doesn't die she's out here taking shots at him later I'm just like it just doesn't make sense and I could suspend disbelief all the time. Like, I do it all the time. But, like, at that point, I was like, no, she's dead, my guy. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then, like, he, after tossing Sally into the garbage, Lila and Melody try to speed and hit him with a the car. They end up crashing into Richter's garage. And then like we get, Melody like, some... gets impaled. <laughs> yeah, she gets stuck inside this vehicle. I will say, though, like, Leatherface running around at the ripe age of 70-something is terrifying. Because mm-hmm. when he's in the alley and, like, fucking Sally shoots and misses him. And, like, then, like, the flashlight shows him running through the alley. So scary. Like, him running is very scary. We get, like, a brief moment where he does chase Lila around a little bit. Like, a very brief chase scene, which is also terrifying. And they end up in, like, this random, like, I don't even know what this building, like, a warehouse, I guess. And as she's trying to escape from him here, he, like, tosses the chainsaw at her ankle. Right? It's the chainsaw that he tosses at her ankles, right? Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought, like, maybe. I fully thought she was, had no feet (laughs) after that shot. I guess it, I mean, I don't know. I guess it was just the handle that hit her ankles or something. I have (laughs) no idea. But she ends up falling. Melody comes back and saves her. They slice, they give him like the most like thin slice to the neck that they could with this chainsaw and just assume that he's dead. And then they are like, are planning to leave. And one of my favorite parts about this movie though is the ending for sure. Cause they're in their little Tesla about to run out of Harlow. And as they're going, fucking Leatherface just pops up, grabs Melody, rips her out of the car and decapitates her and just like stands there as Lila screams and drives away in her autopilot. Yeah, like holding her sister's head in his hands and she is hanging out the fucking car, just watching as the car drives her away. <laughs> I love it. Like I love the ending, I really do. Um I don't like I don't know. It like, felt like she was gonna wake up. Like that that part yeah. was a dream. That's what it felt like. It felt like. like it was a dream. But it wasn't. It ended like that. And I'm kinda down for it. I don't know, girl. Would you want to see a sequel to this movie? To this no. iteration? Okay. <laughs> so fast. Didn't even let you finish the question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I also don't know if I would want to see a sequel or a continuation of this. And it's sad because I want more Leatherface. I would love to have more Leatherface movies. I'm down for it. But like, I don't know if this story is strong enough for me to want to continue it forward. Mm-hmm. You know? personally and i'm sad to say it but this is like the fourth time anyways that they try to like revitalize this franchise 
and it just didn't feel like it did it too well. If they do continue it, though, obviously I'm going to support. I'm going to watch another one if it does come out. I'm going to do everything I can to just make sure that horror continues to be made and created. Like, I'm going to watch it for sure. But, yeah, in watching this one again for a second, third time, uh, like, I enjoyed more about it than I did the first time around. But storyline-wise, she's just – she's a flop for me. Yeah, she's lacking for sure. She's lacking. And I will – I don't know, girl. What rating are we giving her? Um, what are you going to rate this on? Um, I'm going to give it two and a half bus keys. <laughs> okay, I'm also going to give it two and a half bus keys as well. Because uh, the gore is great, to be quite honest. And some scenes are really, like, tense. I love the van scene. I love the scene underneath the house with the chainsaw. Um, the shot of him just chilling in the fucking sunflowers is enough to get the half out of me. Yeah, you're uh, right. Other than that, she's a <laughs> solid two flop. Yeah, for sure. But also, like, the aspect of, like, the bus driving past him, and we get that shot of him, like, standing there watching it. And then, like, you're, we're supposed to believe that he then, the 70-year-old man, is running up to this bus with his chainsaw to hit the tire. I don't understand. I don't get it. I'm sorry. Like, I... I wanted to like it more, and in rewatching it, I did like it more than I did originally. But it's still, she just she's, she didn't hit. So yeah, I'm good with two and she's a half. She's fun for... if you want to see some kills. She's fun if you get high, which I highly recommend that you do. Get high and watch this movie, and she's a blast. She's a good time, truly and honestly. But still, for me, peak of Texas Chainsaw filmography. <laughs> I don't know. Is the remake. I love the 2003 remake so much. It takes the grunge aesthetic, but still, obviously, it feels like, you know, like a movie set. But, like, I don't know. I love that movie so much. Maybe because it was the first one I watched in the franchise. But it goes that one for me at the top, for sure, and then the original. And those two are very hard to beat. And I don't know if they ever will be beat by anybody else. But this movie... Good luck. Yeah. Which may be why they just went the direction that they did with this. Because, like, there's really probably no way to touch those two films with what they delivered. But, you know, points for trying. They took a hard they took a hard right and I don't know if I agree. Yeah, they took a hard right in a Tesla in the middle of Texas with no charging station. Anywhere exactly around. that. What if they came out with like a sequel and it's just Lila like stuck in the middle of nowhere with a dead <laughs> With the Tesla with the dead battery? <laughs> yeah. Honestly. That's how they started. Girl. And then she just ends up at the old house. And it's just him running as fast as he can <laughs> towards her with a chainsaw. Well, in the post credit scene, too, he ends up back at the original house. At the house, the original yeah. Film. And I'm just like, okay, so you weren't here. Like, you were just chilling in this orphanage. You never wanted to go home. Which, I mean, I don't blame him, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I They really tried. The family aspect of it all reminded him, like, oh, shit, I have a family at home. <laughs> <laughs> I have five kids at home and a wife. I gotta go. <laughs> He's just hauling ass as fast as he can to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? That's it. I'm done talking about this movie. And thank you, everybody, for coming back to our very first episode and listening to it. Well, not very first episode, but our very first episode back into the podcast sphere. Did you miss us? Yeah, did you miss us? Did you miss our mess? I missed we our missed mess. missed you. Cute. No, I'm just um, but this month is fun. We, I don't want to spell, they already fucking know. If we're talking decades for a fucking 
a month, they know what we're covering. But I'm not going to fucking spill it. Just know that we are covering so many fucking movies that I'm so fucking excited about that I just want to fucking just... Uh, so excited. Let's do it right now. Uh, and we want to try to keep it... I think at this point now with coming back, maybe we won't do like the monthly lineup at the beginning. You're going to have to sit here and wait every week just like everybody else. Should we at least say what we're going to be talking about next week? Yeah, we can spill that one. Okay, so next week we are going to be moving into the 80s. And we're going to be talking about the fucking Wes Craven phenomenon, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Daddy Robert England. Yes. And honestly, I am ready to talk about that movie. But My thank you guys so much for, <laughs> for stopping by the 70s with us and a little bit into the 2020s and having a fun discussion on two different Texas Chainsaw movies. Honestly... In preparation for this, I did watch a, a few of the other Texas Chainsaw movies I haven't seen before. So I'm down to start talking about those movies also because I think you would like a few of them. Um, but honestly, this was a good starting point for sure. I enjoyed it. I'm so excited to be back. Y'all guys have no idea how excited I am to start back up. Um, I took 100% hiatus. I didn't. I haven't touched Twitter. Oh. So... <laughs> Okay, be I ready for me to be back in your fucking <laughs> timeline, I guess. Nobody noticed, but that's okay. <laughs> I feel better, and that's okay. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to be back. I'm excited to be back onto the grinds, even though grind culture is toxic, but whatever. But you know what? Let's just let's wrap it up for today. We'll see you guys next week. We'll talk to you later. Be on the lookout if you are, of course, you know, being a doll and supporting and, you know, you're, you know, subscribe to the third tier Patreon. Be prepared for, of course, the bonus episodes. And one of them is going to be another slasher movie. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And yeah, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and plenty of other places. You can email us at slash herpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning again in again. We missed you guys so much. And stay spooky, guys. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.